hey, Absolutely. I'm sorry that my chroma key is slightly messed up because it's really all about whiteness. That part. It's like, look, you have a brown person on ratings dip. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't make this stuff up. Holy shit. <laughs> For those of you watching, I literally just put a camera on my computer rig for the first time since I built it from the fourth generation Intel chip when I got it new just now. How you doing, kids? Yeah, I kind of surprised you with that. I, I yeah. My assumption was that since we're going to sit here and talk, hello, everyone, we're going to talk about PAX West 2019 <laughs> and things in Seattle that one might want to see. And uh, since we're doing that, and it's just going to be you and me, hello, oh. Tushar Nene, technical foul writer and press person and advocate uh, I, I really am quite something thank you yes. you are yes yes, yes. Uh, since you're gonna be on the show I assumed that you kind of understood that we would just be talking to each other since there's really not a lot to show although I have prepared several videos and pictures of things like chicken well I've well, you can't go wrong with that number one number two <laughs> I didn't know that the final output was gonna be video I thought it was just gonna be an audio stream oh okay yeah you That's know like I've upgraded in the last six months or so yeah. from just purely podcast to video because uh, everyone wants to see uh, the faces of my guests and hopefully my own oh yeah yeah right there it, it's That's nice right stunning it's, it's stunning thank you for shaving that's uh that's a, above and beyond, really. It it took so long. It's like it was like <laughs> packing down a forest with an axe. Wow. It might not be like when it was at full growth. I hadn't shaved for about a week and a well, actually, since the middle of Pax West, and it might not be that impressive. But you know, for me, I was just kind of like, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> like I almost fell asleep shaving. It took so wow. long. Wow. Okay. I had, a, I had an old razor. I didn't have time. No. To no. Anyone, so no. Kinda, no. No. Yeah. Well. Anyway, appreciated, you know, since you didn't know you're on video. Okay, <laughs> so let's yeah. begin. Um, sure. As per always, we're lucky enough to be invited to PAX West as press. So mm -hmm. we came, and it was a bit unusual this year in that normally the Thursday, beginning of PAX, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday is press hour for an hour. And okay. uh, there's a little bit of a change this year, which I'm interested in your thoughts on. I obviously have my own. But now, instead of having an hour of Thursday, every day of the convention, there is a half hour of press before the actual show floor begins. So what are your thoughts? I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> okay. um, because, I mean, now, given our scenario, this is the first time that we've gone to many passes over the years where we actually flew in the day of, day one. So if they didn't have that policy where now it's like a half hour every day as opposed to just one hour on day one, then we wouldn't have gotten a press hour, which means I wouldn't have been able to talk to half of the people that I, you know, had to talk to, especially Square Enix, because the second 9.30 hit, man, that line was wrapped around the block and out the door. So um, I think it's cool because at least in the, in earlier packs, like if an outlet was holding an event, mm -hmm. um, like I know, uh, uh, was it like two, three, four years ago? Intel was holding a press event, but that was during press hour. Uh, the Behemoth always has like a breakfast during press hour during the uh, PAXs. So basically, you have one hour for press. That thir 30 minutes to a full hour is cut if you have any sort of single event that you're going to that's being hosted that morning. And then after that, you're kind of done. Um, 
then you just kind of have to rely and hope that people respond to your press request so that you don't have to, uh, you know, wait in huge lines to talk to somebody. But no, I think it was good. I think it was, uh, I was talking to some of the enforcers and they said that it's a bit of a hassle and a bit of extra stuff just to make sure that they have all the staff and all of the uh, additional people for an extra half hour every day mm-hmm. instead of just having for one day, which uh, I got to be honest with you, uh, uh, everything and all that was handled like extremely well. Like Everything ran without a hitch. There was no issues with any of the additional press time. Like Everything was still fully staffed. And uh, the, the folks that ran the show and uh, the security and everybody that was involved with the PAX, PAX West show was uh, extremely well done. Yeah, I think the reasoning was that they had additional security and wanted to give people enough time to yeah. uh, get into the building and still allow press to to do our thing. Uh, yeah. I personally loved it too. I thought that was great that you know you don't have one day where you have to get up you know that extra hour. Uh, I, there's mixed reviews from people. Some people said, mm-hmm. "Well, hey, you know, I'd rather get that done the first day, and then I don't want to wake up, you know, at eight thirty, eight o'clock, whatever, and get there before the ten o'clock." Uh, normal used to be 10 o'clock, but now 9.30 show floor begins. That's just too early. I want to burn it all out the first day. I know exhibitors were also complaining in some ways because uh, it's tough to move people. Uh, so you have people come that are pressed. They have maybe trouble making right. it to all of the things they'd like to talk to because right. they don't have a full hour. And then the, yep. then suddenly the crush of the crowd hits at 9.30. Absolutely, yeah. So there's less time um, and more stress for them to kind of move people through yeah. more quickly. So I think that is kind of a mixed bag. Um, but yeah, if you're catering to the opinion of the press, I would definitely say that I really enjoyed that, that extra okay. half hour. Overall for the show, it doubles your time. So if you got yeah. 30 minutes a day for four days, you got two potential hours as opposed to just one. So it just, it, it seems like, and also for for um, anyone who's obviously going for media coverage, that's kind of what you go to PAX for and what you present at PAX for is that it gives you more time without having to take that time away from fans and uh, the other attendees that are just trying to play the game and have some fun. Yeah. I think from attendees' point of view, um, security was really smooth this year, um, not was, a hassle yeah. at all, and everyone well, got on the floor that half hour earlier. So, you know, there, there's the thoughts about that. Um, yeah. Things that we saw, we'll cover convention first, and then we're going to do a sure. general kind of Seattle and what you should do when you're in Seattle, not just for PAX, but uh, yeah. cool stuff that's geeky, geeky stuff related to that. Um, or delicious. Or, or, well, you know what? Geeks eat. Like, you know, True. I, I like to eat it at a place that has character, um, whether you want to call that geeky or not. But, okay, that's I, you fair. know, I'm, that's call, fair. I'm calling that umbrella geekiness. I'll go with that. All right. So Geek-y-o. games that we saw uh, that we really liked. I, <laughs> I have my own preference. One of them I really enjoyed. Um, it's called Sukuna of Rice and Ruin. Uh, with, yeah, that was on my list too. Yeah, it was Absolutely. on your list. Um, yeah. from Xseed Games, uh, they had a, a kind of a cool booth where they have a number of games that are coming out right now, and that was the one on my preference. But if you played each of them, you got a pin that had one of the characters from yep. from that particular game on it, and you could get like the whole series. Um, this one, which I'm going to play a trailer now in the background and cover our faces. Um, how about that? How about that? Uh, that one is is playing, but the kind of idea, my, my quick my quick, you know, summary while I was standing in line for a little while was that uh, there's a there's kind of a deeper story behind this that maybe you know people don't know, um, but 
it looked to me like there was a person who had a, was a rice farmer and she had this great like crop in this farm and then someone invades the farm yeah. uh, and tries to, you know, these kind of demons show up and a bunch of other stuff. So that was a, that was pretty cool to, to see. So what are your thoughts yeah. on that? It was fun because it kind of filled in, like, I, I love side-scrollers. Uh, it reminds me of a lot of the games I played. I mean, don't mean to date myself here, but what my NES when I was a kid. Uh, and Super Nintendo, like, I mean, I love those side-scrollers. And this was kind of a graphically enhanced, you know, very adorable, very cutely styled, but at the same time very well-drawn uh, uh, side-scroller with kind of the, the theme of the reluctant hero. Uh, yes. know, there's definitely spots in the game where she's like, oh, I don't want to. And they're like, oh, but you have superpowers. And, you know, it's, it's uh, <laughs> your rice parties are at stake. Exactly. It's just like use the power of rice and get it done. Yeah. Uh, also, let's not forget, uh, Xseed was a publisher. This was uh, by a dev shop that did uh, called uh, Edelweiss. Mm. And uh, this was a developer of a game called Astabreed. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but if you like games like Zone of the Enders for PS2, it was kind of like a mech combat game, which was styled pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like I enjoy that game. And, uh, you know, Sakuna looked uh, looked just as well, just as good. Yeah, I mean, there's a great combo aspect to it, and it's one of those things that's really engaging with, with fighting because you have this long, uh, like a scarf that's attached to you, yeah. and you can use that to attach and to springboard yourself towards enemies. You can wrap yeah. around objects and use it to climb, and it's, it's that extra third arm that everyone wants when they're in middle in the middle yeah. of a battle. <laughs> um, so yeah, let me. Uh, Go back yeah, I mean, well, the thing with side scrollers is that you have a lot of side scrollers, but what you need to kind of set yourself apart is a movement mechanism. Yes, um, and that's kind of what differentiates side scrollers from each other. So this one was a pretty fun one. Yeah, so yeah. looking forward to that. Um, supposed to be coming out uh, in winter uh, this year, a very non-specific <laughs> uh, release date. Um, but okay. yeah, really looking forward to that. So another so one. anywhere between another two months and another <laughs> five months. Okay. Got exactly. Uh, let's see. Um, it's coming out for PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. Um, just a single-player game. But I liked it. I thought it was but fun. It was very fun, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then, I mean, you can't go to PAX and not play at least one of the big boys. And I know you want to talk about Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> which you just did an article out for. And we will. I did. We will yes, get there. I, I but first, uh, first... Borderlands 3 just released yesterday, and oh. we had a chance to play it. So here's a video. I, I got to be honest with you. I am so glad we don't have to really wait to play things. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spoil, right? The spoil. Uh, I mean, that that's the social contract between media and the uh, developers and the publishers. It's just like, look, you know, we don't wait to play, and, and we cover it. We talk about it. We, you know, give a press. So, you know. I feel like we're fulfilling our social contract for Borderlands 3 and Gearbox, so mm -hmm. I think we're okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, I mean, I really enjoyed... Uh, Borderlands 1 was okay in my book. Borderlands yeah. 2 was really where it was at for me, uh, especially just kind of connected to the sirens and the different characters that were there. That was also one I played with online multiplayer, and I had a lot right. of friends, mm -hmm. so that was a console game. I was not... I'm not a huge, like, PS4 uh, player. Um, not wonderful with the control setup for consoles. Oh, but... I suck at it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I learned how to improve drastically um, just through the, the sensitive kind of firing mechanisms that are part of that game. And just really fun to play with your friends and run around. 
so looking forward to to seeing this again and they had a neat setup too where you know they were moving people pretty quickly there was hundreds of people oh, yeah. lines around the block basically for them um everyone got a really cool gift bag with some neat art um which i'll mm -hmm. i can actually show people oh do you have do you have some there um yeah uh, so, i think yeah. i'll grab it for a second but why don't you tell people what your thoughts are while i grab this real quick sure i mean for, first of all just going to the booth uh like you said they ran it extremely efficiently they had a lot of space so a lot of people could play at the same time um just to make sure that they were prioritizing the maximum number of people playing uh the art that you're about to show they had humongous size that was all over the booth and the art was spectacular as you expect from uh, um having played borderlands before but uh it was a super fun game like genesee said i would really prefer mouse and keyboard versus a uh, controller because i am terrible at fps with a with a gamepad but it was kind of what I expected. Like, if you if you want to know whether Borderlands Three is going to be a good buy for you, just play Borderlands One and Two. If you like <laughs> them, then you'll like Three. Um, I, I kind of consider this, and for those of you that play Diablo Three, you'll understand this. But I I consider Borderlands to be a weird first person shooter um, version of Diablo Three, where it's just kind of like, okay. all right. Once you get to max level, what am I going to do? I'm going to up the difficulty so I can get legendary loot, and I want the legendary loot so I can up the difficulty further. So it becomes this kind of like cycle. I mean, it's loot porn. It absolutely is it's, loot it's porn. Loot like, it's gun, gun porn, if you want to call right. it that. Like, it's all about getting the better weapon for me, yeah, at least. Absolutely. Some of the um, shielding, but mostly better right. weapons. But but that's what it felt like. I mean, that that was that's what the gratification was, was mm. once somebody dropped something cool, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Even yes. if it was just a basic item, it didn't even have to be a legendary. Of course, no legendaries dropped in the demo, but I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Yes, this is far better than what I have. Let me pick that up and you know go play with that for a little bit. But um, it, it's it, it's the same mayhem that made the first couple of games good. So if, if that's what you're a fan of, if you love Borderlands, love you're going to love Borderlands Three. That's it, plain yeah. and simple. Exactly. Um, it, it has that same like yeah. fun, tongue-in-cheek, you know, right. humor to it, and. Obviously, the art style is similar. Um, yeah. Some of the cool, like graphic style of it. Absolutely, yeah. But no, it was extremely fun. But but like I said, it's a having played the first few Borderland games, I was like, yep, this is exactly what I expected. But, <laughs> okay. But it's not a bad formula. That's the thing. No. I mean, it, it's what I expected. But I'm glad it was what I expected. Okay. Well, this yeah. is one of the things I have my art uh, that people could maybe see here. They gave you a a tote. For a better word, um, yeah. when you left the play area, and it felt like a small IKEA bag. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did a little bit. Yeah. So this, in in my opinion, this is art that's done kind of uh, with psychos, but in in styles of more like yeah. modern popular artists. Um, this is my Extremely. this is my favorite one actually. Sorry, my uh, and then. If I remember right, they're not in front of me now, but there's like an Andy Warhol type one. It's like there a pop will, art. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I'm about to yeah. that right now. Your, your timing is very good. Yep. So, so yeah, you can kind of see this as as maybe would be interpreted by artists. Yeah. Um, You can see this one's the Scream. Edward Munch. <laughs> right. I don't have him in front of it. As you're describing, I'm remembering, you're remembering opening it? my packet. This one's like very Rorschach. Back. Um, yeah, oh, there's some great ones there. Yeah. yeah, so it's fun, and maybe we'll do a giveaway of this because, as much as I yeah. appreciate some of this art, I don't really have any more wall space. So well, there's a there's a mask that came with it too, so maybe that'll be part yes, of it as well. Yes, that's true. We'll have to do a giveaway for the show, and uh, yeah. somebody will surely appreciate this. And oh, absolutely! Have a wonderful yeah. place in their home, just 
I had too much art. But that Borderlands <laughs> mask was probably like the number one piece of swag that mm -hmm. was at that show. You walk in and basically a couple hours into day one and 40% of everyone you saw on the floor was either toting a, yes. a mask on their belt or have it on top of their head or was backwards or just actively wearing it. But it was... Uh, it was great. It was a uh, genius on the part of Gearbox because wherever you went on the floor, it's like, oh, there's Borderlands. There's Borderlands. It. Yeah, it yeah. was good advertising. And it's well made, too. Like, it's not one of those, yeah. you know, little kids Halloween oh, yeah, masks yeah, yeah. that you bend the plastic. It was it was decent construction. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some some shows where they give out masks like that, and I'm like, you know what? This isn't even going to survive the suitcase home. So you know, there's, <laughs> no. No, there's no point in bringing it back, yeah. Oh, this so this nice. one was pretty solid. I, I had it stacked in my computer bag. And it do you have up. it? I think you feel like you have one right there. I think I do, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, okay, so that to me, I mean, obviously there's a lot of games at PAX West, uh, a lot of things to talk about, but those are the two that kind of stuck in my mind as, uh, yeah. I mean, until you fall is one that I'm going to be covering. Until you fall is fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll be show. ready at too. Yeah. So I don't want to uh, spoil getting... it too much, but that's a VR game well, we, that we, we, we can talk about it at least. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm still getting the rig kind of set up right now, so yes. <laughs> there could be a, a Vive machine so I could play it. But um, I was just really impressed with this one because there's a lot of like the second you talk about VR, all of us want a VR fighting game, <laughs> <laughs> like. All of us just want to pound things in VR and like get that feedback that you're smacking something and it feels good. But um, this one was actually done with far more detail and uh, you know far more um, options of how you could play. So even if you have kind of a big space to play in, then you know you could turn and block and strike and do all that kind of stuff. Or if you have a small space to play in, that's kind of dictated by the cubes you have set up in the corners. There's a mechanism where you have a quick turn. So you could just go left and right and still be able to play. But, um, yeah, I thought that graphics were extremely good. I thought that, like, even if you just, like, look at your hands for the controllers, like, you have this very intricate plated armor. Uh, you have two swords you can upgrade throughout. In the demo, we only had their starter two swords. But it it helps work out aggression, I'll tell you that. Uh, especially when you get to the point of the demo where it says, oh, the wider and harder you swing, the more damage you're going to do. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of, of VR games, especially ones that I consider like exercise games, yeah. um, ones that require a lot of physical interaction instead of just kind of jumping from point to point and then, you know, yeah. shooting a gun. This one d definitely has it. Um, the sword is the sword you hold uh, your controllers and a, you know, a lightsaber for all intents and purposes, except that it's oh, a sword yeah. manifests and then you can slash at things. Um, and I felt like there was a better range of motion with this than some of the ones I've done. Much, um, much. And the realism was just astounding. Yeah, uh, it was well, it was well done. Um, for people that are watching, I have this picture of a chicken for chicken up. Um, it's one of the things we're going to be talking about later. It doesn't want to come down, so uh, I'm just going to leave it up and you let, know, let the spirit of the let the spirit of the chicken up. just flow because you know something to look it, at while we're it talking. It knows that it knows the technical foul is here. Oh my that's, gosh, it does. That's what's going on. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So well, I, I'm going to have them on the show. Um, knock on wood. The developers awesome. um, work on a time with me that works for them. Uh, yeah, the developers of Shell uh, Shell Games were super cool, and uh, you know, really, really mm -hmm. cool people to talk to, and really hyped about the game, which yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, also, before we get to Final Fantasy VII, did you want to talk okay. about uh, uh, Yogs? Is it Yogs? Yaga. Yaga. Because that you seemed like pretty into. 
Yaga, yes, Yaga is a developer called Breadcrumbs Interactive, and uh, it was at the Versus Evil booth uh, with a few of their other games. And uh, I will be honest, the reason that we tried Yaga was that it was day four. <laughs> Our feet were killing us. I can't believe you're telling this. And hey, it turned it turned out to be a win for everybody. And I gotta tell you folks at Xseed, if you're seeing this, God bless you for having couches at your booth because when we sat down to play Yaga, it, it just it, it it allowed me to be fully absorbed in the game instead of thinking about my aching feet while I was playing it. But Yaga was uh Yeah, so we walk it, by we walk by and yeah. there's it it's just the floor and there's this couch. Mm. Right? Beckoning to us. No there's one's sitting there. There's a huge screen. You yep. can play stuff. And yep. uh, we're both just like, I don't even care what this game's about. Uh, we're just yep. going to, you know, we're just going to sit here and, and do this. And it turned out it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> Developer is, yeah, breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's right. You said XC for yeah. a second. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it was at the, the Versus Evil booth because they had a few games out there. Uh, but, okay. uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just like, you're this blacksmith and they uh, kind of bring a bit of mythology into it and having your actions being observed by the fates and dictated by Baba Yaga. And, you know, it's, it's, you, you have one hand, but with, you know, you're a blacksmith, so you can make extensions for your hands, you know, gather materials, craft weapons, do all that kind of stuff. And this game with the mechanics where you can like roll, dodge, and then do a bunch of other stuff had me singing <laughs> while i was fighting for lack of a better phrase wolves and werebears yes that were trying to block my path i shook down a tree yeah it was kind was of a rude tree it was a very rude tree that tree was trying to shake down others for money i shook that tree down um but also another thing for fans of like i remember when fable came out a long time oh, ago yeah. and uh the, the whole thing that was with Fable is like, oh, man, okay, so this game is going to change based on the decisions you make and, you know, are you going to be aligned with good, aligned with evil? Like, Yaga's choice mechanism do, does change uh, the story. It changes the endings. It changes the outcome. And it changes how other characters respond to you. So that's a pretty cool mechanic based on how nice of a guy you are. Although versus... I don't think it should count as negative to shake down that tree because that tree was rude trying to, like uh... – fleece people for coins and then trick them into you know yeah. following its instructions so, so i, I don't think I do. that's evil but whatever so i got evil beat points. it with a hammer until it gave up the gold that's yeah. What yeah. uh but but the graphic style is super fun uh some of the quests are ridiculous in the best ways <laughs> um like i had to get a golden corn cob to feed yes. the world's biggest chicken that ultimately laid a golden egg that was my reward and then got up to free the path to go on to the next area so it's just kind of like it's it's a whimsical game but it's just like it, your your gameplay is affected by the choices you make and it's just it's just super fun super fun it is fun i'll be playing yeah. a trailer for the actual when i, I put this actual say, video out but for now yeah, if you're looking at the top or if you're looking at the game on the screen it almost like zelda link to the past yeah, it's kind of yeah. kind of how it felt like with the movement and going around uh, from screen to screen and you know going along the map. But you know it wasn't like an overhead view, but it wasn't like a, a side scroll view. It kind of had like a yeah top down three quarter view. Top down three quarter view. It was good. I liked it a lot. I yeah. liked it a, a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for me, 
Last one, Final Fantasy oh. VII, which I've made you wait this entire time for. So since you've just put out a rather substantial article on Technical Foul, oh, um, why don't you, you know, summarize? summarize sure. It. Well, well, uh, I mean, it's one that everyone was kind of waiting on for a long time, and it was probably the single longest line. Um, so I don't know if I – oh, right, yeah. So – I went there once, and before they knew I was media, they were giving out these tickets. Still have mine. Ooh. So it's a, it's a demo ticket. So basically, the lines are so long, if you didn't get there right away, they're like, just come back during this window. And then if you have that ticket, then we'll let you into the uh, the gameplay line. So, so they had that rationed off. So they had, they had ways of doing it. That's good thought, though. Yeah. Um, luckily, I was able to, again, take advantage of one of the... <laughs> the magical press pass exactly so so uh you know i talked to them they're like oh come back during press time and we'll make sure you get in so uh, i was able to get in it was all designed as like kind of a mako reactor tour uh for those of you that are familiar with the game and uh pictures were absolutely prohibited like you couldn't take a picture inside you couldn't take a picture of the demo area you couldn't take photos of anything uh they were very very hush hush about it because you know well it's been anticipated since they really teased us hard with the tech demo for the PlayStation 3 engine. They used the Final Fantasy 7 intro to kind of show off the PS3. And we were all very upset with that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of like that happens. We're like, okay, so when is this coming? Uh, but no, I got to talk to Neil Paybon, who's the, let me make sure I get this right, the senior marketing manager for North America for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So basically, in North America, he's the guy to talk to for all things FF7 Remake, and he was really cool and uh, gave, gave me a, a pretty extensive uh, interview about what this game was about. And then we also got to demo it. So the demo, for those of you who have played before, is the first boss fight. So make a reactor number one where you go in and just cloud and bear it, fight uh, against a scorpion and, uh, you know, fight the soldiers on, on the way there. And one of the major things that made it awesome for me was that they really updated the play style to be more modern. So um, for those of you that have played Dragon Age or Mass Effect or to some extent Star Ocean, you're kind of familiar with more of a tactical mode of battle. I was so, so pleased about just, this. It's my yeah, biggest so pet peeve about Final Fantasy, and I just couldn't yeah. play beyond like nine because I was like, that's it. I can't I can't do this wait turn, you know, forever battle. Every time I walk, <laughs> I run into an enemy. Yeah, I can't. Then it's, then it's funny you stopped at nine because I stopped at 10. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so it plays a little more like 15, uh, but everything's active time battle. So it's just like as you attack and you gain ATB gauges, you use those to take potions or cast spells if you have material equipped or to register your special attacks. Uh, limit breaks still work. You take enough damage, then you can get some revenge uh, pain. So Cloud's first limit break in this version is actually cross slash. It's not Braver. Braver is one of his regular attacks. Um but so, just like in uh, Dragon Age or Mass Effect, you're running around, uh, I could control Cloud, start manually slashing the hell out of something, put in a tactical mode, and it takes into this bullet time type of thing where everything's moving super slow. And now I can issue commands to all of my uh, party members. So now I can instruct Barrett to throw lightning at it and uh, cast lightning at the guard because it's a machine. And you all remember, that's what you do to machines, you cast lightning at it. And... Uh, in the meantime, allow me as Cloud to manually start pummeling it until I can get enough for limit break to hit it with cross slash. 
on some of the other fights where there was like ranged uh, enemies, I mm-hmm. took control of Barrett, and then I was able to go into tactical and tell Cloud uh, to cast Cure or to use a potion while Barrett is auto-firing at the aerial targets to make sure that they go down. So it's it's definitely a very fresh take on the battle system. I think that the way it's set up is going to pull in a lot of people that are like, like you said, like you're not a fan of that turn-based Yeah. Well, combat. Is, is this like that where you have a line and, you know, it's like armies on a line. You've got your Ooh. guys, your three guys, you've uh. got these three guys. They can only move forward. Da, da, da. Or is there like flanking and you can kind of move around and go to it angles is, and things like that? It is a full battlefield. Oh, nice. So, so basically like, you're running around the entire time. You have to duck behind stuff to hide on their special attacks. You have to, uh, you know, make sure you're attacking the right target. Make sure you're attacking ads instead of the boss, or you know, however you want to do that. But I mean, it's it's full scale combat. It's not just kind of like, oh well, all right, I I cast lightning. Let me wait for my, for my next turn. Exactly, that's what it was like. Waiting okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here's here's the really cool part is that um. A lot of people were thinking the game was going to be episodic. Uh, Neil confirmed that the first game that's actually going to be out on March 3rd of 2020 is going to be a fully standalone game. Um, it's going to cover up until the party escapes from Midgar, for those of you that are familiar with the lore. Um, and just that amount of content is going to fill two Blu-ray discs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great. I mean, everyone wants to know more about yeah. these characters and more about the lore right. and more about all the details that, you know, we're all thirsty for because otherwise yeah. it's really just the same game. It's the Lion King, except, you right. know, remastered. <laughs> exactly. So we're talking about, like, when do they actually start working on this? And it's just like, well, I'm, part of the success is going to come from Final Fantasy VII original being on the PlayStation. So you've got a jump in technology from Final Fantasy VI where you're going from, you know, 16 to 32 bit. Uh, more storage on the discs you can have the data to do deeper storytelling to have some video to have better music um so it that really propelled the series forward and also just people latched on to these characters uh so strongly um that they actually at the time released what was called the compilation of final fantasy 7 so you had final fantasy 7 the game but then you had dirge of cerberus with Charles vincent then you had last order then you had crisis core then you had uh, advent children which was the final fantasy 7 sequel movie so after seeing all of this and especially after seeing advent children everybody and the ps3 demo everybody was kind of like well when is this remake going to happen and then uh, I was actually at the E3 Sony press conference in 2015 where they finally announced it was going to be made under development. So uh, the game looks fantastic. The gameplay is ultra smooth. If you really want to play it like an action game, like Devil May Cry or something, you can actually put hotkeys on your controller and just do everything action style and not even enter tactical mode at all. Just let the other characters do their own thing. So you've got a lot of options of how you want to play it. Um, and I think at the Tokyo Game Show, they announced that they were going to put in a classic mode. Hmm. So for people that do like that kind of wait and play sort of thing, okay. there might be an option. Hmm. But I think that it was, it's a very strong game. It took the best out of the other games in the FF set in the Final Fantasy mainline series. As well as when I was moving around, it almost felt like I was moving in near Automata or Automata. Oh, however yeah, you got yeah. That. I was just glad I could slide down a ladder because <laughs> okay. for anybody yes. that's played Oh my gosh, I missed it. I missed the collision. One. I can't get down the ladder. I'm stuck. Oh, I'm stuck. God. 
Where you get on is so long from the top of the reactor all the way down to where you have to place the charge. It's just kind of like, oh, God. This See, is I'm so interested good. in the music because that, for me, that was really a draw for Final Fantasy oh, VII. The music's great. So I want you to picture all of that MIDI from the PS1 that's mm-hmm. now fully orchestral score. Okay. It's marvelous. So I, I thought that the game was a, a 10. I thought that they're absolutely moving in the right direction. I thought that this is the way they designed it was a great way to um, really pick up hardcore FF7 fans mm-hmm. as well as people that have never picked up an FF title before. Uh, and we know, think about, having bought, battled on this topic in debates, yeah. which oh, yeah. truly the best Final Fantasy is, and it is seven. It's seven. 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 Yeah. I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah. And and just the amount of lore expansion that they have planned that I can't really talk more about, but um, way more lore for all the characters that you know and love. And uh, this game, this the game that's going to be out on March third, is going to focus on the city of Midgar and everything about it. So I'm really excited, um, and I'm really happy with it, and I'm really uh, excited to try to play it in March. So if people want to read, like, the endless pages of quotes from uh, Neil that uh, exist on your actual written article, where would they go? (laughs) First Mm. of all, Neil's the man. Like, he's so excited. (laughs) Like, like I love it. Like I Neil. love talking. To, he he's so excited about the game because you know it, it was cool talking about it to him because he was a fan of the series before he even started working for Square Enix. Uh, so it's just like he was telling me at the like the press conference for E3. He was watching from the comfort of his desk, but you know it, he he was fanboying out over it as much as I was in, uh, live. But if you want to take a look at that, it's at blog.tusharnene.com. That's blog, b l o g. <laughs> dot oh i'll put it up i'll put it right up and i'll you know so oh, people I, don't have I to forgot. spell we have, we have the magic of text magic yes so we'll do well, that and i'll, I'll, I'll spell it out for the, those on audio it's blog.tushar.com um i would have had the technical foul domain but seriously someone's been squatting on it for like the last six and, years and you have foul f-o-w-l which is really strange that someone would steal that from you sports sites yeah. Well, F-O-U, right? Like, why would they want foul? Because it's a play on technical foul with a U. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, absolutely. And then uh, you could also find me on Facebook and Twitter. Just look up technical foul and find me. Yay. Yeah. Okay, so enough about PAX West. Now yep. we need to talk about Seattle because it's just a really cool sure. city. And if you do go to PAX West, you should, you know, take an extra day or two if you have it. Yeah. And uh just spend it looking at Seattle. So <laughs> we stayed. Beautiful. Yeah. It is. We stayed in Georgetown, which is yep. really kind of two towns over from downtown proper. Um, yeah. Going so through Soto, like downtown, downtown Soto, Soto, and then Georgetown. Georgetown. Yeah. And it is a bit, I'll be honest, it's a bit of a, a ride from uh, if you're going to take an Uber is, or something yeah. like that. It's, it's a 15 minute ride. Um, but there's some stuff that's cool there and obviously stuff that's downtown too. So because this really, really, really wants to be on the show, I'll put this chicken up here. There's a chicken. Okay. So we'll start with the farther away places. This is chicken and waffle and, uh, sisters and brothers. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Which is, let's see, it is on Albro place, 1128 South Albro place. And this place is just really cool besides the food. I mean, the food is, is amazing. You know, we, we ate chicken oh, like, yeah. so often. It was really wrong. Um, but this so, chicken, uh, chicken was so well, pump, good. Pump, pump the brakes. There's, there's nothing wrong about the okay. amount of chicken that we ate. <laughs> wrong. Um, calorically yeah. unwise. 
Should we say? I won't um, even say that because if you look at my uh, step tracker, we logged some way oh, 30, we 30 31 miles. Yeah. No, 30, 30 miles. 30 miles. Okay. So, yeah, yeah a little chicken is not the end yeah. of the world. But, okay, so here's the chicken, which, you know, hey, chicken is amazing. But there's cool stuff about this place, too, that isn't just chicken. Like, for instance, the tables were your very oh, old yeah. friends, Miss Pac-Man. Absolutely. And, and some of the other joystick games that you might enjoy, retro games. Although I suspect these were actually from, you know, authentic tables from the time period. They're a little rough. Uh, not, not a couple of them still work. Yes, a couple of them did. Yeah. So you could sit there and eat your chicken uh, at this, you know, gaming. But it, but area. it was so sunny that you couldn't even see the screen. Yeah, it was a little bit hot yeah. too. So not maybe the best until it gets to the evening. But this is the kind of like bar or restaurant that I think would be really fun in the evening. Um, oh, so yeah. you could play that. So there's Absolutely. that, and then just the look of it. Um, it has it has that like. TGI Fridays, where there is a lot of things on the walls, um, but at the same time, kind of yeah. cacophony of coolness. Um, it's just things that I think people just wanted to have there. So there's a lot of uh, art that I'm going to show you and stuff like that that just kind of makes up the feel, I guess, of the place. I'm showing that picture of, and, yeah. and I, this actress is going to escape me, and it really bothers me that I can't remember who she is. Um, you know, I'm, like, I'm talking I, about, I can't even see the picture. So it, you know, know. <laughs> it is because we sat there and debated on this for a while. She looks yeah. like she's from the South. She looks like she's from somewhere in like the 1930s. Um, but anyway, there's, there's unicorns and Pegasuses and banners and everything else. It's just Pegasi. really, Pegasi. Pegasi. Oh gosh, really? Yes. And it's just a really cool, a cool venue. So if you happen to be in Georgetown and you want chicken, the fun, the fun part of that too is that it's it's right off of this street um, that has a, a lot of the, like the authentic Seattle feel. Was it Flora? What was it called? Um, no, it's Flora. Flora Street, where yeah. you go up and down, and they have like vegetables growing. Well, like, let, let, let's not say they have like it's a public space. <laughs> they the people that live area, there yeah, have yeah. vegetables like growing in the front yard. They have all sorts of you know handmade art. Uh, just like neat Seattle stuff. It's worth walking up and down the street, even though it feels like, you know, it's on that line of, is this artistic and, and, you know, bougie, or is this like, I might get attacked, you know, no, by a, a rabid nice. dog. There's nice. <laughs> like that line. Yeah. It, it is, but I think it walks that line really well. So if you're interested in chicken, uh, homemade yeah. chicken, that is definitely a place to go. Well, 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 let's let's dig in a bit on that chicken because it's not just chicken. Not just it's, chicken. Uh, All right. Not just chicken. It's 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 specifically Nashville style, hot fried chicken. Um, I don't know how well versed all of you are in fried chicken. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna tell you. I'm about to tell so, you how it is. So everywhere in the South, like, there's a ton of different styles of barbecue and a ton of different styles of like hot hot sauce and hot chicken and stuff like that. So this is Nashville hot chicken. Um, I lived part of my life in Kentucky and uh, had some <laughs> Nashville fried chicken authentic from, uh, from you know, its namesake. And this was pretty good. Like, it was hot enough, and we're talking about the northwestmost point of the contiguous U.S., and this had me tearing up and sweating. Like the, the <laughs> For heat. those who chose the spicy option, which you do not have right. to because I am a, yeah. a novice in spice land and I did not choose that. Though even the the mild was deliciously seasoned. Yeah, like it, it was flavorful, but it was still spicy. so good. Yeah, but it's just like it it was just really good. 
it was really, really good. <laughs> You're going to ruminate on this for a while now, aren't you? Uh, I can see this is going to happen. Is there any chicken place open right now? No, there is not. Okay. Um, sad. <laughs> so I don't think I have like on-hand pictures of any of the other stuff we want to share, but I can certainly put them into later video version. But sure. other stuff uh, in in Seattle, uh, one of the restaurants we really liked, um, going down to State Hotel, uh, yep. which is right down there next to Pike, uh, the Pike Market, literally market, like two yeah. blocks away. Um, mm -hmm. They have, first of all, the hotel is amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, if you get to stay there, you should, because that was one of the most comfortable rooms I've ever been in. They have, they have the robe that everyone dreams of, you know, the one you want to steal. Uh, that you could wear all day long. Um, the rooms are just really nice and the details of everything inside it, um, just really, really great. So if you have an option to stay there, um, it is a bit pricey on a on a PAX week, of course, but oh, yeah, very reasonable otherwise. So definitely recommend it. Um, but surprisingly, when I went, the restaurant is something to write home about. Uh, ben Paris. Ben Paris. I just stayed ben there Paris. because, you know, I went, I was eating at the restaurant because I was staying at the hotel and was really pleasantly surprised um, at the options there. So uh, <laughs> even if you are an avocado toast type of person, which I know how to shower will judge you. Be um, careful. If you have avocado toast, you won't be able to buy a house. Because you'll annex their land. That's what old senators say. That's if you, you know, well you buy known. avocado toast, you can't buy a house. So. Uh, but it is delicious. And they have really nice, like, tuna salad and some things that I would not normally eat, like beets. No, not a beet fan. But, yeah, uh, I could have licked the bowl at, that, at this. That actually made me a little mad. <laughs> really? Because, yeah, you know, I don't eat this weirdness. It's like a vegetable. Okay, I'll have a salad maybe. Don't give me green beans. I don't like beets. I don't like all this stuff. But this was just really, really, really well done. Yeah. Uh, and I was tricked into eating healthy food. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, oh, yeah. It was, it was good. We went there for... I guess we stuck to their brunch menu because yeah. that's kind of what we were familiar with. Uh, I had a burger the first time and naturally the fried chicken sandwich the second time. The, I, I like – if I want to figure out what a place is all about, I order their burger. Um, <laughs> like a litmus test. Litmus it, test, litmus test. It's just like, all right, first of all, you're going to ask me what you want, what I want the temperature of the burger to be. Some places don't. They're just like, oh, burger. Like, it makes a difference. Okay. So, uh, so that's a plus. You, you're looking for that. That's a plus, and uh, I'm actually looking at the list of ingredients because I don't remember it, but all. But it had a smoked aioli, a bacon jam, a uh, delice de bourgeons, mm -hmm. and uh, some really good fries with it. So it was just kind of like the burger, in my opinion, should be the microcosm of everything else at <laughs> the restaurant. Wow, and, we've elevated uh, this to a whole new level now. I watch a lot of Food Network. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> But but no, the burger was fantastic. And again, weirdly, I don't know if Seattle's becoming some kind of strange fried chicken hub, but the uh, fried chicken <laughs> sandwich had a um, spicy uh, kimchi slaw in it, which was actually made it really good. So yeah. we're mentioning I'll, these I'll, as though they're in the most pedestrian of dishes. I mean, fries and burgers, obviously, yeah. and salads. But the way they're served, I mean, this is an award-winning restaurant with a well-known oh, chef. So that doesn't surprise. This like. It is, as I said, elevating and truly taking your your regular food that you would eat, you know, out any anywhere, and just kind of putting ingredients in that you wouldn't expect, and making it just beautiful and really just.
tasty as I'll get out. So, so anyway, you can get stuff you would eat normally and just have this, you know, next level. So go there and try that out. It's really not like overly expensive. Um, Seattle's kind of an expensive area, but yeah. it's reasonable uh, for a lunch. And they have a decent selection of beer and yeah. some homemade like Very. iced tea it's and things like that. Extremely well stocked bar. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that we've kind of like we ate our way through Seattle. I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the diner's name, uh, one that was open till like three in the morning. It was something about a lake, Lost Lake, Lost Lake Diner, um, which is another recommendation if you are in the Con area and it's like three a.m. and nothing is open. This place will be open. Um, do not recommend on <laughs> a Saturday or a Sunday because you might get into a bar fight. <laughs> But... Well, okay, okay. Hold on. Before I continue, <laughs> let's let's paint the picture here. It's it's uh, nearly three in the morning. Yes. Uh, Four of we've us. Ar- hungry we've travelers. already we've already had a few, and we're starving. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, it's a Saturday on a convention or a Sunday on a convention weekend. So we 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 did pretty much do this to ourselves, but. We were lucky enough to avoid scuffles and actually get a table pretty fast. Yeah, well, we're there. We happened to arrive at just the magical moment where they uh, normally yeah. this line goes all the way down like the, the kind of narrow sidewalk. We we arrived at a magical moment. We were able to get a table right when you yep. first walk in, literally three feet from the door. Uh, the very yep. harried waitress tossing things around left and right and just like yep. s- you know swiping once. Uh, on the table with a washcloth looking like she may just pass out at this moment. Um, so we sat yeah. there. It was you, me, uh, another gentleman, and then one of our developers who's a bit of a slight person, um, you know, the running type. And oh. and uh, he was sitting next to the door side, uh, you know, right next to the entrance. And yep. <laughs> that's probably unwise because he, he seemed a bit nervous uh, because people <laughs> began to line up. Uh, to try to get in and they were yeah. stopping you know maybe three feet again from our table looking at us hungrily and uh, a bit threateningly to be honest and then they showed up and they were also had also been imbibing you know not too long ago and uh and somehow just had no sense of personal space or you know really right. social graces and uh at that one point the waitress Bought, brought in a bouncer, let's just call him a bouncer, um, yeah. to kind of mm, usher people out, uh, yeah, at speed. And, uh, and yeah, that was awkward, um, but interesting and entertaining. Well, I feel like I had it covered in case something happened. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we're both there to jump up, uh, but, yeah. you know, it's the well-meaning drunk. That, you know, they're not, they weren't trying to start trouble, well, they just couldn't. No, they just control themselves. Stole, stole a table before it was ready to be taken. Oh yeah! Oh boy, <laughs> that, that almost had a riot. That, that's where it started. Yeah, there was almost there a riot. Was, uh, a couple of people just like, oh, we're just going to sit in this booth before it's cleaned <laughs> off. They're like, there are forty of us waiting ahead of you. We will kill you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's when they had to call for intervention. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, the food's not stellar. It's a diner. It's a twenty four seven diner. Yeah, it's it open. Deli- and for three a.m. is delicious. Yeah, and weirdly, yeah. Seattle kind of closes it too. Like that's last call for most bars yeah. and everything else. So if you're up later at a, you know, it's a convention, you just had a party and you need something to eat, then consider. I gotta be honest, I'm actually. I mean, folks who live in New York, of course, they're running till four in the morning. But even here in Philly, it's like two a.m. I'm I've been spoiled. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think in Jersey is one, and okay. most of the places is one and one thirty. Where I live, it's like eleven thirty. Well, where, where you live, there's 
buggies on the street. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, if you're out late, that was a good place to go. Um, yeah. Lost Lake. Anything Lake, else yeah. you can think of? I mean, the market. Uh, Everyone's going to talk yeah. about the market, of course, and all the Seattle right. attractions you should do, the underground tour. I mean, we yeah. can cover that stuff, but that's pretty like everyone probably knows well, maybe you you were a big fan of frankie and joe's which was a vegan ice cream place oh my goodness yeah uh, i mean there's a there's a few that we saw and uh, this was in capitol hill uh because we were looking for dessert yeah and so we just started looking up guys to see where the best desserts and the best ice cream in seattle is and literally 75 percent of the shops were in capitol hill so we made our way over there yeah uh Frankie and Joe's was one of them. I honestly forget what the rest were, but that was the first one because their flavors were so weird. Uh, <laughs> you, you were just, we went there. First of all, it's a vegan uh, yeah. ice cream space, which means that I can get things that are dairy-free and not be worried too much about it. The cones were also gluten-free, which was really nice. Um, they have pretty classic flavors. It wasn't like, you know, earth-shattering. Yeah, the they don't have any classic flavors, no. No, I mean, they did. Like, do you remember? I mean, I... It I believe their most classic or, I guess, standard flavor was called uh, Jamocha Chaga Fudge. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> whatever spin on descriptive uh, adjectives they used, I mean, it basically came down to, hey, there's chocolate and there's fudge. Call, yes, call right. it 15 things if you want well, what to. Did you end up, what did you end up getting? I don't remember. I'm not trying to remember. I thought it was just like a vanilla. Some sort of brown sugar, brown sugar vanilla, brown sugar vanilla, yeah. um, and it's very expensive. I mean, you know, anytime you slap the term vegan on something, it like ups the price by five dollars. But the cones are really good, and it was a decent size cone. So we did the ice cream tour. <laughs> right, I'm trying to remember the names of the other places we went. There was, uh, yeah, was it uh, Butcher's Alley or? No, that yeah. Are you sure? So we did. We essentially decided that we're in, we're here, and we're not near downtown. So we're going to do. We're going to get some food. And it turned into an ice cream tour because I was just really, yep. really wanted ice cream um, that day. So I had this cone and then we walked um, a couple blocks away. And there was a really neat alley that had uh, a number of shops, which everything was closed. I guess it was maybe Monday, yeah, uh, Labor Day. So everything was pretty much closed except for a couple of restaurants. But um, we were able to walk down there and, and kind of sit and nice like cobblestone, kind of like flat tile uh, to walk Chop on. Chop House Row. Chop House Row. There you go. Um, built around this historic pillar from like revolutionary days or something. And the whole thing was built around this one pillar. Um, but there was an ice cream shop, several actually in there. But the only yep. one we went to was the one upstairs, which also had vegan ice cream. And I don't remember the name of but. Was it Sugar Plum? Mm, on second floor? Yeah. I honestly don't know. They had a lot of cupcakes and other stuff too, and that's where you got your ice cream because you refused to eat this uh, fufu one. No, I got I got cupcakes. You got a cupcake, yeah, because you refused oh, yeah. to eat this fufu vegan ice cream that you know I had at the first place. I did get some more. I'll be honest. I wanted two scoops, and I had one scoop the other one, so I got a second scoop this time. Not a not cone though, I don't think. But anyway, so we ate that, and then uh, decided to get some coffee uh, yep. at a rather famous coffee shop so, so famous i don't remember so famous that none of us remember um oh. but you were very kind about looking up you're like hey this is this is a well-rated historic thing that we should I see didn't say it was historic i well, just said that the coffee's gonna be good <laughs> i mean in seattle there's coffee shop <laughs> on every corner and yeah. and you really just it's almost like a crime 
you should get penalized if you don't have coffee in your hand. But so we walk around, and that was kind of a neat area. Um, mm, yeah. Anything else? I mean, these are all outside. One of the cool things we did do is hiking, um, which you don't really think about necessarily in Seattle. You're like, oh, this is downtown in the city. Um, but we went to some really cool outdoor areas. Yeah. So do you want to kind of cover maybe the hang gliding? Um, was that bald? No, yeah, sure. Tiger sure. Mountain. Uh, Tiger Mountain. Tiger yeah. Mountain. Bald, yeah. Bald pit you're thinking New Jersey. Uh, Sorry. Tiger Mountain. <laughs> uh, Tiger Mountain. And uh, while the name is funny, it's called Poo Poo Point. Yeah. Uh, because so by the time you get up there, like it was what like five hours five miles three miles how what how many it, miles it, it was i think three and a half miles straight up yeah it's straight up i mean it's not a joke like you're yeah. at a nice angle uh most of the time so you will you know the problem is like three miles of walking like that you know you if you have to go to the bathroom it's too bad yeah. so i'm not surprised that that's the name because so, i walked so halfway up and i was like you know what yeah i'm not uh -uh. <laughs> no no Here's what I'll equate it to. Uh, for those of you that have seen Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, <laughs> um, stay with me here. Yeah. So it's better when, be the stairs. Uh, not the stairs. Uh, not the stair of Kirithungal. But when Elrond is bringing Andriel Flame of the West to Aragorn uh, when they're at camp before the war. Okay. And then they show a side shot of a mountain with like a zigzag trail that just goes like this. And he's just, like, slowly riding across that before Theoden's just like, oh, there's an elf lord here to see Yeah, you. and you'd wonder uh, why Elrond's, like, sweaty and paler than usual and, like, you know, moist. Yeah, man, he was tired. It's because he just ran up this, like, huge, angled, zigzagging trail. And that was on a horse. And on a horse, exactly. But that that's what it felt like, because we were just kind of going back and forth and kind of around, like, up this mountain. Um, but, no, it was cool. Like, they, have, they had another kind of service off to the left of the trail that was uh, for hang gliders because it's actually a very popular spot for hang gliding. So they'll basically shuttle you up to the top and then you jump off and, uh, you know, have a good time. So I know Genesee was really enjoying watching the hang glider. So why don't you tell them about that? Yeah. Well, as you begin to kind of walk the flat uh, plane, the little, little area as you're going towards the mountain point and you're crossing the field it actually has signs up that say like watch for hang gliders because they're coming down off the mountain and they bank to the left and cross that field and then kind of do a hairpin turn and come back and land right there so if you're getting prepared to kind of cross this field to go towards the hiking area you can actually see them coming down and one of them landed you know right near where we were um just perfect like it looks yeah. talented to just kind of stop and just land on your feet without falling um but that was really neat to see like all the rainbow hang gliders kind of circling like you know <laughs> yeah. like, like fairy buzzards above the mountain much. um yeah. yeah so that was neat and and i would say that it, it's challenging i mean it was gorgeous i mean the trees yeah. were just hundreds of feet tall perfectly straight um really thick roots you know kind of everywhere that you're walking over and this place is carved like a stairway um i yeah, consider myself a little bit part goat in some ways like i like climbing i like you know <laughs> actual rock climbing I like you know all of this but after you know about half hour i was concerned about coming back down again and not the fast way so yeah so yeah, we kind of gave that up, but it was re really neat to see just gorgeous undergrowth. Yeah. You're seeing like over the tops of trees, which is a, a view I'm not used to. I'm used to being on flat land, <laughs> looking up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's where I'm comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is, it was really cool. The views were fantastic. Um, 
and yeah, it was funny is that when I was reading about it to see what we should do, and we're looking at the reviews of this place, it's like, oh yeah, watch out for hang gliders, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I figured maybe like there'll be a couple people that are doing it, but like you were saying, the sky was just spotted with them, and uh, um, I don't know if you, yeah, you took you got a video of one that I was did. actually. I can uh, show it yeah. um, for mm -hmm. the video portion, but yeah, it's one of those yeah. like if I made it up here, I'd be like, I'm jumping off this mountain one way or the other. There better be right. a hang gliding here for me because I would not be coming down. If, if there are anybody, if there is anyone out there that's actually going to be carrying your hang gliding stuff up the mountain instead of taking the shuttle and then jumping off, my friend, you are a better person than I. <laughs> <I'll> be <laughs> at honest. least, a, at least a crazier person than I. Yeah. Well, maybe more in shape than any of us ever dreamed of being. Way more in shape person than I. Yeah. Yes. Although coming down like. I wish I had encountered this joyous soul earlier who kind of skipped past us because honestly, it was super fun. Once you started to just like leap from rock to rock, like this, do you remember this guy? He was in some kind of aerobic he coma. He was in straight, he was in straight, he just ran to the top and was on his way down. He was, he was booking it and he wasn't just running down, right? Like he was leaping oh. like one foot to each rock, like, yeah. you know, back and forth, just like skipping his way down. It like was it, super fun. Like I tried to follow him. And it was really fun. Like, I should have done that the whole way. I did not try to follow him because if you were not in the shape that he was in, it was downright dangerous. Man, it was so fun, though. You weren't even thinking about exercising. You were just, like, trying to make sure that you achieve contact with an extra rock. Well, well yeah, because on the way down to the left is It's a death. sheer drop. Yeah, there's yeah. a sheer drop. Absolutely. Right. But you know what? Uh, I like to do exercise that makes me forget that I'm working out. And that was certainly one of those, like, running down a mountain at a high speed I don't know. Anyway. No, no, I get it. I get it. I, I what really was uh, weird was, um, I mean, like big hats off and shout out to the moms that were carrying kids oh my up gosh. this mountain. Yeah, like fifty pound oh little like seven year olds like hauling on their hip while the they're taking like two year olds up there, and I'm sitting there on the side of the mountain just going, ah, I don't want to do this anymore, and I'm pretty good shape to be honest. And I was like, you're gonna take your two year old on a five mile hike on a right. vertical mountain with a sheer drop to the yeah. death on the side. Okay. Like I felt like my wallet and business card case in my pockets were enough weight for me to carry up. This <laughs> yeah. There comes this lady with just like a baby strapped to her back and then it's or strapped to her front, like with another kid that's just, I'm like, my God, you're insane. Yeah. yeah. But that was super fun. And then the next uh, hike we did, was uh was discovery it? park discovery park to see the sound yeah. puget sound right that was really cool they have a really cool lighthouse like right at the tip of the sound and uh awesome views and uh like poo poo point was more wooded and mountain this was more of like kind of a beach trail yeah um so it was really cool it was it was actually very relaxing there so uh you go like all the way up to the water and just like sit by the lighthouse and chill and that was really cool um, really awesome views of uh, the other points around the around Seattle, and um, you know if you want to get screwed over by Uber, then oh. that's also the perfect. Place <laughs> I'm still to contesting know. this, but honestly, it's worth it. Like I don't care. I paid forty bucks, forty five bucks, or whatever, and I understand it's well beyond the amount one should spend according to their terms of service. We got some jump bikes, okay? There you Let's go. Just yes. remind us, we got some mm -hmm. jump bikes because I thought it'd be fun to use this app and jump on these bikes and just take them down, you know, dirt bike style down the the trail. And uh, it's supposed to be like 25 cents for every minute or something like that. And they're very lax about 
explaining to you how this app works. One of them is you can uh, pause your ride. An accident. Yeah, right. <laughs> you can pause your ride, which I thought meant like, you know, you will pause your ride and then come back to the bike. But that just means yep. you've like locked your bike, but you still get charged every minute that you're not there. And that costs more. And then if you don't park it in like very designated areas that they deem you know, proper, then they try to charge you like a $25, like outside now, the area the, fee. The, the parking fee is five. Parking fee is five. What you got hit with was that you took it out of area. Right, which I was not out of the seven mile area. I'm still in the park. Oh. And yeah, your bike the was park. the same place and you didn't get the charge. No. Uh, so. so, I mean, that, so the thing is like, if you're in the middle of a park where you're not going to have great cell service and you're trying to basically use these jump bikes, that rely a hundred percent on cell service then you'll get hit with the fee again that 35 dollars fee because you're in a dead zone yeah that's yeah. not fair no it wasn't that's fair, not fair Uber. i'm still contesting it but you that's know that's not fair money it's not yeah no but it was still super fun i mean these bikes are electric first of all yeah so it's like electric the minimum assist. assist electric assisted meaning you have to pedal but you don't have to be like you know serious about it so you pedal and it kind of does its own thing. Um, although I have to be honest, like it's only really good for half the ride. The other half, like any uphill, this bike weighs like 50 pounds. You yeah. cannot, like I bike a lot and you cannot stand up and, you know, horse your way up a hill. Like you can't with yeah. a regular bike. This bike is super heavy. So basically what happens is like when you come back from the hike, there's this hill that goes up and everybody just like, just goes, screw it. And they just like abandon their bike on the side of the road because nobody wants to walk it up this giant hill. So there's a whole row of like five or six bikes just like going down the hill where people just yeah. like decided that they weren't going to take them back. So it was funny. But uh, yeah. That's super fun. That was fun. Another fun fact is I hadn't ridden a bike since <laughs> I was 12 years old. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm uh, sorry, not sorry. So I'm trying to like get this bike started, and uh, again, it, it it's been over over 25 years since I've ridden a bike, and so it took me a bit to get it back. But it is true what they said: you never forget how to ride a bike. <laughs> Good. It Good. takes a bit, but you'll get there. Yeah, I didn't realize that when I kind of darted off at high speed and then yeah. looked back, and I was like, "What? Where is everyone?" <laughs> oh. I was like, "I, I, I." I'm about to fall. <laughs> <laughs> and this woman, this woman was okay. like, I should have hiked like that. And then yeah. we, we, I saw you struggling to try to find yeah. the path to go around. You're like, no, I got it. I got yeah, it. And it. There was these, there's this, this, uh, this, this great older couple. And they were super nice about it because I'm <laughs> sure that they had to tell their grandkids, it's okay, champ. You can, you can get on the bike and go. And they were kind of like encouraging me to not die on this bicycle so they're like ah oh, yeah you know it's it's tough yeah you got it and then once the guy's like yeah there you go like, oh. <laughs> thanks Pepple. thanks thanks grandma yeah. that was nice yeah but uh yeah once it got it down then it was then it was great yeah but see yeah. i would not for in our travel guide which is what we're doing here i would not advise you to take a jump bike in seattle proper um because you'll die it's like uh, we'll san die. francisco with, you know, a lot of hills, and they're very steep hills, and these bikes are, you know, used by multiple people, and the brakes work, you know, to a degree, um, but I would definitely not take them in the city, although they are laying around, uh, not unless you're in a certain part that might be flatter than the parts that we've been to, so yeah, just, just a little advisory there, not recommending jump bikes downtown. However... If we could bring this back to gaming for just a little bit, you do feel kind of like you're in the overall map of an RPG when you're on a jump bike. 
because it's like the app is showing you on the map where you are and you go. <laughs> and when you're done with this bike, you discard the bike and then you pick up another one that's right at that location and then you keep going. And, you know, it just felt like, oh, you know, yeah. you hear over music in your head while it's going on. It's I don't want to be playing Ollie Ollie in the middle of Seattle. And that's what's going to oh, happen with these bikes. Uh, yeah, no, no. But okay, yeah. So that that's that's pretty much like my to do. I mean, unless you want to talk about the classic stuff like Saddle Underground, but you know, that's that's the little hideaway guide yeah. secrets that I think we have to share from this particular yeah, trip. Yeah. What about you? Anything else? Um, I mean, those those are. Oh, uh, by the way, the cupcake slash ice cream place I was talking about was called Cupcake Royale. Uh, I think uh. there's a. There's a few around Seattle, but the one that we were in, were in was in Chop House Row. So, okay. but, uh, if we're gonna go on Genesis Ice Cream Tour, I feel like we should mention the shop that's inside the mall um, where the monorail is because we did take a trip. Yeah, I know we took a trip to um, see the the what was it the Pop Museum. Yeah, the Museum of Pop Culture. Museum oh, you want to talk about culture. the Museum of Pop Culture? I mean, we can. That's just like a cool yeah. thing to see. But when we were in there, um, there was a another like. Another ice cream shop. One of them was matcha ice cream, which you know, God help you if that's your deal. I won't go near it. This matcha is the best. No, it's so good. no, it's not. Um, so complex and yeah. But the one that we got, you hated because they required you to be a member first of all to get discounts. Like if you're going to be a member of an ice cream shop, it wasn't even real ice cream. It was like some kind of like made from from beets or right. like some kind of don't, don't do that. Some kind don't of that. some kind of root. But it was really good. I could have eaten like a lot of that. See, at least when I have ice it was cream, called I try pressed, to make it. Pressed, pressed juicery. Juicery. Yeah. So what does it say it's made out of? It's not real. It just was really good though. Eight and a twenty dollar bill? Yeah, it was uh expensive. <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to I don't find know if it. I you're like reading this. Um okay. and it comes in very small servings, like a tiny little thing that, you know. Just makes you like, oh, I would like to have ice cream. Oh, this is not enough ice cream for any one person to have. Right. Now, granted, their their juice is actually quite good. Okay, and it's um, he- it's a healthy place. Like, if I'm gonna indulge in ice cream, I try to at least like, you know, get something that isn't just pure sugar, like whipped into a, right. a cone. Yeah, I can see a picture of it, but I'm not telling. But just tell you. Okay. Well, anyway. oh, there is the freeze. The freeze. Uh. It's a revolutionary plant-based soft serve yeah. made from real fruits, nuts, and vegetables. There you go. It sounds terrible, but it really is good. Anyway, yeah, so we... Sort of coconut, I think. Coconut. Know? Well, we went yeah. to a... Okay, so we took that. I had that and then cried about the fact that I didn't have any more of it. And we went to the Museum of Pop, Pop Culture. Pop Culture, yeah. Where Which... we accidentally walked in on the Bumbershoot Music Festival, so... <laughs> I know. Which I was amazing. <laughs> we got there and we're like, why? why? First of all, you started up... Why are there all these teenage girls that are wearing glitter on their eyes? They have glittery eyeshadow and on their cheeks. Look, There's guys too. I, mean, I don't really understand what's going on. Is this a girl thing? Is this something you did? What, what look, is this thing with teenage girls and glitter? I'm, I'm self-aware enough to understand that I'm out of touch with that generation. It's just been too long. So I don't know if this is just something that normal young women do or, you know, whether it was some sort of event that was going on. But, you know, everyone's just got glitter all over their faces. I'm like, okay, well... I don't know. 
Yeah. So it was for Bumbershoot. No, you know what? There was Music Fest Bumbershoot, which was happening like right in the same area, like right downstairs from the actual museum. Yeah. The the only downside was that because uh, Museum of Pop Culture was one of the stages for Bumbershoot, it blocked off all the sci-fi and horror sections of the Museum of Pop Culture. Uh, So we got to see some really cool stuff um, on the music side, but we didn't get to see anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just have to go back. We'll have to go back. But we got a free concert. Well, not free, but, you know, part of the deal concert. Part of admission. Part of admission concert, which is neat. Um, And, you know, that's, like, probably the only time I'm going to get into a music fest because I just uh, seem to, like, never make an effort to go to a music fest. So there we go. One came to us while we were doing something else. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) I guess, what else? Anything else? I mean, other than the fun of riding a monorail? Oh, I love the monorail. Yeah. Monorail's great. Um I think where else we ate, where else we did. I mean, those are really the. It's a highlight. It's a guide. Big Seattle-y stuff. Like I mean, other places. I mean, we ate at Chains. I'm not going to talk to you about that. Yeah, no, but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so there we go. Wrapping up. Um, this is our our annual PAX, whatever. In this case, PAX West. West. Um, talking about Seattle, and I'm hearing through the Rimmerville that is actually confirmed that PAX East is in February. So next up on our PAX tour, the frigid land of Boston. Um, Boston or... in February. Nice. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Um, well, yeah. there, there's one upside. Uh, over the last couple of PAXs, a lot of the giveaways that we've gotten have been scarves. Oh, yes. That's so, true. So basically, it's just like, I, I don't need this scarf in august when you're giving it to me but i guess you know now now it'll work now yeah wearing it from games that are already launched for two years because we had scarves from the giveaways yep 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 and the and the always present pack scarf will now be something probably worn by everyone so that's cool probably yeah yeah so that'll be our next packs um in the meantime um trying to working on a show right now uh that's gonna take me a little bit so I know I always promise you guys, like, oh, let me another show. Um, this one is going to be important. And I'm in the middle of talking to some developers on a subject I think you're all going to be really interested in um, about launched games and how that affects developers and, you know, the emotions and things that derive from that. So I'm, I'm taking my time. It's going to be a series coming up. Um, I have some pretty surprising developers, maybe, um, or people that are I'm calling developmental team members. We're going to come on. Um, but it is going to take me a few weeks. I'm not rushing it. Um, so this will come out, and then there will be more gray area content. It's not just going to be wrap-ups and, you know, backpack reviews <laughs> and things I need to put out um, right before convention. So yeah. hang in there. Um, probably not a video podcast, though. I think we're going back to our standard uh, audio version. And, um, yeah, in the meantime, if you want to uh, listen slash read mostly, technical foul there will be a link in the description description below and anything else you want to close with tushar thank you for being a guest always appreciate it thank thank you for having me um yeah so so basically it'll be a bunch of stuff that we talked about today i'll go a bit more in depth on if you really want to read a book on final fantasy 7 remake (laughs) go ahead and Go ahead and check the site out. But, you know, I'll have stuff on all the stuff we talked about today. Hopefully, I'll be looking at some stuff from uh, Razer and Lenovo and Audio-Technica on the hardware side um, and see what we can do with that. So, 
Plus, I've got a lot of other stuff that we're doing too. I, basically, I have content for years coming out in the next two weeks. So just just make sure you, you check it out and stay there. Good. All right. Well, bye.